Hello, friends, and welcome to November. Welcome also to your midweek Ipswich Town podcast. And welcome, friends, to a strange feeling because Ipswich Town lost a game of football last night. They haven't won a game in November. What's going on? They've only lost four games all year, friends. It's really weird, isn't it? Sitting here talking after a defeat. Anyway, that's what we're here for. Mark Heath with my two favourite work acquaintances, Roscoe, and the man I'm going to start with this week, the boy, the boy, I've not called you that before, Stewie Watson, who's having a great week, Stu. First of all, you used the word schadenfreude on Monday's pod, which is, I think is the biggest Scrabble score we've ever had on Kings of Anglia. And last night, you were interviewed, as a celebrity that you are, in the fan zone. It's quite right. Only right that you have that platform. I'm assuming it's going to be a weekly thing. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it was an actual physical platform. Exactly. Not a very big one, about about a couple of feet off, off the air. I'm not sure many people in the fan zone were paying much attention to what was going on as they enjoyed their their beers pre-match. But um, yeah, I think uh, our old friend Hutchie did it last year and uh, I got the call up this time. Myself and a, a, a Fulham journalist just did a little bit of a reaction to the team news when it came out. I'm assuming you're wearing what you're wearing now, the ginger pickle hoodie, push the sponsors, reminded everyone that we just lowered the price on the digital subscriptions, that kind of thing. Uh, no, I didn't, but I, I did do a live manscape demo. <laughs> the fitting of a family club. Um, I hope, I hope that pleases you. Excellent. The vision you've, you've promised that for a long time. And I think last night was probably the right time to break it out, Stu. So, uh, fingers crossed it went down well, Rossi, someone who's, we're still yet to really establish where you stand on your manscaping front, but I don't want to get too far into that right now. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Um, I do need to get a restroom with a beard, though. If you're watching on um, video, which you, of course, got to subscribe for, um, it's getting a bit bushy, getting a bit a bit wiry. So, um, yeah, that's going to be sort of soon. But, yeah, good. I also, before we get going on the football, friends, I also want to wish you good tidings. And hopefully, in this stormy weather we're having, your fences are intact and your trees are still upright. Because blowing holy last night, but it was. Old Heath Towers, the back, this isn't a euphemism, the back fence was flapping. Last night at Heath Towers. Um, so fingers crossed. We're over the worst of it now. I tried to get to an appointment in Bury earlier. I had to turn around because the road was flooded on the A14. They brought us off at, at Baton. Anyway, enough of Storm, Kieran. Let's talk about Storm at Portman Road last night, which saw which town lose a game, which is a really unusual feeling, as I said. Um, they lost 3-1 to Premier League Fulham in the Carabao Cup. 11 changes, of course, were made. And before we talk about it, and I ask the experts their thoughts let's let's hear from the expert of experts his name is kieran mckenna was the team selection an indication that, that the league is clearly top priority yeah i think that's you know been the the selection in every every game in the competition and we've we've done you know well to get to this point had three really good performances in the but this isn't our this isn't our year this isn't our time to be in a position to you know go and go and chase this trophy hopefully that'll come at some point but you know we're in the ma- middle of a massive transition to the championship the boys are coping terrifically well but the physicality and the step up and demand of the league is is a is a big big difference the players are pushing to their to their physical limit and you know we're looking at a period now of, of of Saturday away game, Tuesday away game, Saturday here, but more so after the international break. I think I'm not sure between the the first game back after the international break and West Brom and and Stoke on the the um the second first or second of January. I think it's maybe eleven or twelve league games. So we're, we're about to go into the most intense period, the biggest demand that this squad has been through, and we're going to need everybody ready to compete. So again, coming through that game tonight approaching and attacking the game in the way that we did, trying to do it in our identity, albeit in really difficult circumstances, um, that will stand us in good stead over the next six weeks and beyond. And um, there's lots of positives we can take from the game. game. Right then, boys, can I shock you? I don't really care they lost last night, if I'm honest. In fact, I'd even go as far as say I'm actually quite pleased because that, that run in December now looks a little bit easier compared to what it could have been with a trip to Everton in between Leeds and, and the Boxing Day game with Leicester and just a few days after the derby. I know Stu's missed out again on that trip to Everton, but it doesn't mean it would have actually happened, of course. Um, Stu, do you want to kick us off then? Uh, McKenna there kind of clearly suggesting that the, the cup was not a was not a priority and, and league is the focus and, and saying pretty much that, that, that they've got an extremely tough 
run coming up and they're all cognizant of that. Yeah, hard not to agree with with any of that. Um, Storm Kieran, Storm in a teacup. That was um, I'm fine with with going out last night for all the reasons that you've you've outlined. Um, you can't argue with the team selection because, as the manager says, it's been consistent throughout all the rounds so far. It was a a similarly much changed team against Premier League opposition at home in the last round, and they managed to beat Wolves in that one. So it wasn't like they were chucking the game away. Loads of changes against Burnley right back in January as well. Pushed them all the way over two games. This one was just a bridge too far. Fulham were good. They made eight changes. But when a Premier League side makes eight changes, that little bit of extra depth just showed. And and players Mm. like Tom Kearney, um, Bobby Reid, we know from the last time it's which were in the Championship, a a top-end, second-tier players now, sort of established Premier League players. Loads of international caps within there. Um, yeah, Marco Silva said it was kind of they were dominant from the first minute onwards. Wouldn't go quite that far, but they certainly always felt like they were in control of that game, certainly once the first goal went in on nine minutes. Mm. Storm Kieran, I can't believe I haven't used that as a segue. Unbelievable. I've really let myself down. Uh, Rossi, uh, Caden Jackson after the game, speaking to AJ, said that Fulham were just a class above anything that Town have faced so far this season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would, to be fair. You know, of course, I already played a Premier League team and came from mm. two goals behind to beat them to progress to this round. Um, but I don't know, Fulham just looked just more slicker. Um, maybe they had, they had a few more experienced players in their squad. I think Wolves rotated a bit more than, than Fulham. Mm. Um, but they're just that, that extra bit of quality, you know, as, as Stu, you know, sort of rattled out a few names. And yeah, they just... They were on it from minute one, basically. They got that early goal. And from there, I just felt oh, it's going to be a hard task for town. And um, they just, yeah, were just very good on the night. Yeah. Did it, obviously, we saw town fight back from 2-0 down against Wolves in the in the last round. Admittedly, they were early goals. Um, and, and again, there was another early goal here. But before, with town, you always felt that there was a chance for them to come back. But I got the sense from reading and, and listening and watching the highlights at least last night, Stewie, that it never really felt like the comeback was on at any point. Not to me, it didn't. I thought Fulham could and should have been further ahead at half-time. They, not only did they score, but they hit the woodwork a couple of times. Ipswich were yeah. having real difficulties down the flanks, didn't stop crosses all night. Janoi Danassian yeah, deflected a cross onto the bar. Um Centre-half Bassey kind of went on a bit of a marauding run and hit a swerving shot that Walton kind of pushed onto the inside of his own post. So it felt like they should have been further behind than 1-0 at the break. And then when Fulham added a second pretty soon after the restart from an area that Ipswich had looked vulnerable to, it just, it never felt in the air. Mm. Um, maybe I'd have felt different. Suddenly, goals goals can suddenly change a game and if something had come out of the blue, then, then who knows? I mean, we saw it at the end when... When Elkin pulled a goal back, it, you know that game looked dead and buried. And then all of a sudden, it's amazing how a goal can change the crowd, change the mood in the ground. But in answer to your question, though, it, it never really felt like that sort of same sort of comeback was on last mm. night. It was yes, there's been changes in previous rounds of the cup, but this this had a lot more rustiness in in this team. It had people like Shawnee Aluko making his his first start of the season, Christian Walton first start of the season. Axel Twanzebi debut and first start since I think March when he last featured for for Stoke. So um, all of all of those things kind of layered up, I thought, to make Ipswich look unusually rusty, disjointed, um, and Fulham are a good side and punished them. Yeah, obviously in terms of the players who played last night, there's a couple I want to focus on because we saw Axel Twanzebi making his debut and we saw the return of Christian Walton. Let's start, shall we, with, with Twanzebi? So you warned us beforehand that when he does eventually make his debut, you said, remember the likes of Sean Luco, remember the likes of Leif Davis. If he doesn't have the best debut, doesn't mean he's a busted flush. Probably means he's going to be a decent player for town. Uh, and I know he was Alex's man of the match last night, but he said that was a bit of a struggle ratings-wise last night to pick a, a standout man. So let's hear what, what Kieran McKenna made of it and then let's talk a little bit about it. Axel's debut tonight, what did you make of him? Yeah, I thought he did really well to you know play so many minutes. First and foremost, it's testament to his professionalism and how he's been training and applying himself since he's arrived and probably before that as well. So, first and foremost, great for him to to get through the game with no issues. Didn't you know necessarily expect him to play ninety, but we we agreed that we would 
you know, go as long as he felt comfortable and we wouldn't make the fifth sub until, you know, to check if he was feeling good. But he was feeling good and he got through the whole game and, um, yeah, did some good things. Of course, it was, a, it was a big challenge for everyone, but did some good things, some good defensive moments, some good moments of distribution, um, some moments that, you know, he'll be, he'll be better off in, in a week, you know, three weeks, six weeks. Um, but I think really good to see him out there. Right then, Rossi. So first time we've seen Tuenzebi in, in a town shirt. You put a little tweet out asking fans for what they made of it. And it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, words like Rusty being being used a lot, but equally people saying he, he's clearly got a lot of uh, of, of promise. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think that's the key word for him, a bit rusty, a bit of rust on um, Axel Twanzebi. Um, but you can see the quality he's got in him, you know, just from how he just just looks, which is probably a weird point, but um, you just look at people and go, they're, they're a player, aren't they? They're a player, and I just feel he is. He's got the built of, um, you know, he's a, he's a big boy, um, yeah. very good on the ball, can head it, can kick it, all that sort of stuff. Um, I thought he did okay, actually. You know, in the first half, I think he looked... There was a few moments where I thought, ooh, looked a bit wobbly. Um, but then also he's playing with a lot. I know he's been training with the team, but he's playing with uh, you know a side that he doesn't really know. He hasn't got relationships with this squad just yet. And that, that team chemistry, you know, Karen Burch and Luke Walford, and they are just a great unit. You know, they've been playing with each other last year. So, um, yeah, Axel, I think, grew into the game, showed a bit of promise, as we we hope he will be, because he was at Man United. You know, you've got to be decent if you're at Man United. And uh, McKenna, you know, he's signed players, you know, who have had injury problems before and they've turned out to be, you know, fantastic. So, you know, once again, give him time and we'll see how he does. But yeah, good to see him play full 90 minutes, which I think we'll, mm. I, I was surprised about. I'm sure everyone else was surprised about. You thought he'd maybe get maybe an hour or something like that. Um, but he played a full 90, which was good to see. Stuart, you're a card-carrying member of the centre-halves union. What did you make of uh, Big Axel's debut? Mixed bag, I think it's fair to say. It was part of that sort of quite bizarre opening goal for Fulham where half the Ipswich team seemed yeah. to get sort of sucked over to the right-hand side. It was uh, him, Burge, uh, both centre-halves, him, Burgess, a um, couple of others all got dragged out to the right-hand side. Good play by the centre-forward to kind of wriggle out from there and then it just took one pass to leave um, Harry Wilson in, in acres of space and I felt quite sorry for Christian Walton on his return to the side. Um, leaving horribly exposed like that. It was a bit of a lose-lose situation. He races off his line like he did, gets made to look silly, and people say, well, he should have stayed on his line. Um, but if he doesn't, then then similar accusations would, would have been thrown at him, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, there were some moments like that for, for Axel where positioning wasn't quite there. I think his, his range of passing, he was still trying to find his range with those little clipped balls or you know angled passes stuff like that weren't weren't quite coming off at times but Ross is right when he's on the ball he just has that lovely sort of composed air about him someone who's got that nice confidence to to, to dwell on the ball and believes in himself that he can turn away and, and do something with it so um yeah there'll be plenty more to to come from him it's you know just getting 90 minutes into him last night was a big positive Hmm. And the other positive last night in terms of seeing them back on the pitch is, of course, this man, Christian Walton there at full stretch, making a save. Uh, we've not seen him at all all season since he suffered that plantar fascia tear, which sounds horrendously painful in pre-season. Obviously, Vaclav Smooth, Rossi, has since uh, uh, very much consolidated his place as number one with a bullet. Um, but good to see Christian back on the pitch last night. One of the best keepers in League One last season, certainly we talked about him being unquestioned number one going to this season. How did, how did he look in his in his return to action? Me or Stu? I said Rossi, didn't I? Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I was listening. I was listening. Um, <laughs> smooth, smooth, smooth as always, Ross. Smooth. Um, yeah, he did okay. Made a few, you know, saves. But I think once again, you're playing. He's playing with a team who had just just joined that that back four. They don't mm. play together that often. Well, Axel Swansea hasn't played for a while. Uh, I don't know Cameron Burgess was in that 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 four. You know Harry Clark playing on the left. J- J- JD. I don't know in the last time Janoy played was it QPR when he came off injured. He hasn't played since, has he? Yeah. yeah. So it's been a while since he's played. So to have a lot of front, you know, front four there or you know back four there. You know, yeah, Fulham did cut them apart in that that first half and. Yeah, you mag could have done better with the the first goal. The third goal just went right through him, didn't he? Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back. It's always good to see a player come back from injury. And 
know, Vaz is probably sitting on the bench thinking, hmm. I know, I think goalkeeper unions and out there will say they don't want to see their other half, you know, concede goals and stuff. Lies. Lies. Yeah, but... uh, yeah, probably not the return that Walton wanted in terms of conceding three goals. Um, but he did make some other good saves in the game. So, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, What's he gonna... didn't cover himself in glory with the third goal, that's for sure. The yeah. Kearney shot seemed to go straight through him. But he did pull off a, a brilliant brilliant reaction save from um, Reed with, with, a, with a really good volley that looked goal-bound after that and, and pulled mm. off a good save. So, um Yes, yeah, his first game back, and you're playing against that that caliber of of opposition. It's probably difficult for you. You probably go through all of these players and say, "How did they do?" And the answer will be mixed bag with with quite a few of them. To be honest, that was just I'm the not going to do that. It don't was. <laughs> <laughs> but Sue, what's it going to ta- for Walton? Clearly, it, when it, when it, he was back on the grass, and we we had our actual conversation, didn't we? About well, what do you do? Do you bring him back in? Does Hadley carry on playing? And and now that's not really a conversation, is it? Hadley clearly is established himself as number one and um, thriving uh, as first choice. All the stats show as well. What what would it take, do you think, for, for Walton to eventually get back in? Would it, would it have to be a, a, you know, a sustained loss of form, injury, that kind of thing? Yes, I think so, yeah. I think Vaz has been that good. Yeah. Not just the saves, actually. I think we're talking about the amount of goals he's prevented and the big saves, but it's how integral he is to the, to the build-up play and passing out from the back. And um, I think we knew even before he got into this team, that that was one area of the of the game that Vaz probably was better than Christian at mm. with the ball at his feet. Um, it, what we weren't sure about was the commanding of the box, the shot stopping, all, all the stuff that we've been waxing lyrical about Christian Walton. So no one should be sat here forgetting how big a player Christian Walton has been for Ipswich and could be again. But right now it's, it's Slaggy's time. It's a good problem to have, isn't it? I know Christian Walton won't think that, but to have two really good goalkeepers, um, and if anything does happen to Hadkey, Hadkey, excuse me, to have um, Walton coming in, what a situation to be in. Rossi, let's talk about a positive, shall we, from last night. That's young Elks, Elkin Baggett, getting a goal. He's first for the club. A late consolation. Took it well, though. Um, and that's got to be great for the young lad. I mean, obviously, we know he's been out playing international football with Indonesia. That's great experience. But to score a senior goal at home, something you'll remember for a long time. Yes, definitely. Yes. It's a sad when players score their first goal for the club and it's just a consolation or it's mm. just, you know, it's just a consolation, um, which it was in the end pretty much. Um, but yeah, good header. Um, he's always a threat because he's a big boy. As we know, he's a big boy. Good corner from Jack Taylor, of course. Um, I'm sure the club loved that because I'm sure the Indonesian fans jumped on it. They probably didn't even care about the result. They just went, Alcon scored, and they probably put that on repeat um, in their country. Um, but he's just, he's a, you know, he's a, a good player, Alcon. He's really good yeah. for his age. You know, he showed that when he made, you know, a few championship appearances, not championship, League One appearances in McKenna's first season. Um, and there was that question mark, oh, could he become a first team player? He went out on loan to Gillingham and Cheltenham, didn't really work out there. Um, big question was like maybe loan him out this season, um, which didn't happen. But it sounds like you know McKenna wanted to to keep him around in the first team. Um, but yeah, good to see him get him first goal, and um, we shall see what happens with him because January will be interesting to see potentially if a loan move can happen. If because mm. you know we're out this competition now, we've got the FA Cup obviously in January, but when we we see outcome, definitely with Cameron Burgess and Wolferden, they're the two, and then you've got Axel coming in. And you've got George Emerson still about as well. It's um, a position that is, you know, stocked up. But um, yeah, good to see him score. Going back to the original question. Hmm. He's, he's come on loads. I remember him making his debut at Rotherham towards the back end of, not last season, the season before, was it? I don't know mm-hmm. how far back we're going now. Um, it was the game on Sky, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, yeah. the reaction to that was, oh, hasn't he done, he's done really well. Uh, but it felt like it was tinged with a little, it was a bit... Um, do you know what I mean? You put the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it blue tinted glasses, sort of, because he's homegrown player, and maybe no, it was yeah. it was maybe bigged up more than the performance yeah. deserved. I thought he did fine, but maybe it was a bit overblown at the time, and mm. there was you know the debate. Oh, maybe we should keep him around. No, he did need to go away and get some games on loan, and he's done that. Um, I think, especially for centre halves, those sort of lower league loans are, are, are less risky. You just need to get matches in into young centre-halves, and he's done that, and he's come back 
Um, his ability on the ball is what's really impressed me the most. We knew he's a big size. We've seen that he can win headers and do some of the basics, but um, he looks really composed as well. It looks like he can he can play a little bit as well. So a um, bit nearer to the first team than than I maybe thought from some of these pre-season and cup games that we've seen so far. Um, if Axel gets himself up, up to speed, then you would imagine... Um, that it will be another loan probably first when, mm. when the new year comes around. But then again, we have got the, the Asian Cup, which will go away from as well, which um, might disrupt things a little bit. We'll, we'll have to see. But um, yeah, the performance of both him um, and Cameron Humphreys, who came on, was a, was another positive last night. The two two young homegrown lads coming along and I thought they, they did well. Okay. The other positive I wanted to highlight last night, uh, illustrated by this picture, which I thought was nice off uh, off PA. It's, it's lovely and arty. And Ross is going to kill me because it doesn't fill the screen, I've just realised. But there you go. It's just a lovely nighttime outdoor shot of Portman Road looking looking nice in, in the light. And I've, I've chosen this to indicate, boys, Stewie, 28,000 people in Portman Road last night, more than, for a midweek cup game. We keep getting blasé about 29,000 people rocking up on a Saturday, but 28 in midweek for a cup game is even more extraordinary in many ways. Yeah, speaks volumes about the feel-good factor and the momentum that's generated around this football club over mm. the last what, eight, nine months. Um, I think, uh, was it Stat Supremo, Renegade Statman, put out something last night to say that it was the third highest League Cup attendance in Ipswich Town history. I think one wow. was a Norwich game, one was the semi-final against Arsenal, and then and then that match. So, wow. um, bearing in mind, you don't get in as a season ticket holder for that match. Um, starting to get a bit colder now. Midweek game, 28,000 was, was quite something. Absolutely. Uh, do you feel at all denied Stewie with with the, the Everton trip being taken away from you rice smile was the, probably the, <laughs> the response to that when Alex came in and went have you seen the draw yeah and he he just shook his head sorry mate I thought but as you say I mean it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what would have happened but um any any disappointment at that is I think is over overwhelmed by the fact that that week before Christmas um, a for the team it yeah. is, is better for the team, but also from a bit of a personal point of view, um, that's looking quite a busy old period, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that wouldn't have been ideal going to Goodison straight off the back of the the, the derby on the Saturday, which emotionally, mentally, as much as physically, is going to take a lot out of the players, and then going mm. to Ellen Road mm. on the twenty third, the following weekend, to a team that looks like Ipswich are going to be really competing with the top end of the table um i think going out's a bit of a blessing in disguise to be honest and I, and i think deep down mckenna knew that with the selection that he made if he really thought there is a little bit of a what if about last night because you think okay he could have made lots of changes hmm. but just with a smattering of two or three more senior players could they have given that a bit more of a go having done what they did to wolves in the previous round Having finished the game as well as they did, once once a few different players had come on, a little bit of a what if there, and it's a quarter final, and Ipswich haven't had a cup run like that for so long. But I think most people are fine with it, and the chance towards the end of um, fuck the cup, we're going <laughs> up when when on repeat they were building quite nicely to the moment when when Elkin scored. Uh, I think says it all that everyone's uh, just enjoying this league run at the moment and. Um, We'll all move on from this quite quickly. Yeah, play it within the league next season anyway, isn't it? Um, Rossi, any other any other positives, negatives, thoughts from the game before we move on to something a bit different? Any any players you want to highlight? Any any moments you want to um, pick on? Definitely that that chant. That was a, a funny little moment, and um, yeah, that was a great moment when Alkin did score because you know, that was when it was really the loudest it was. You know, it went really. Um, but no, it's just about the cup run, really. You know, it's just nice to have a cup run in that, that mm. competition. You know, the last few years, well, the last decade, well, since the Arsenal semi-final in 2011, we've been knocked out in the first round many times. I know we, we played May United back in 2015 and all that. But, you know, since then, it's been, 
you know, losing against League Two teams, you know, just just losing against teams we should be beating, really, but we haven't. But to to get to the last sixteen, have some fun little moments against Wolves. You know, I know we had to go to penalties against Reading, but that was still a little bit fun, weren't it? Um, so it was just nice to have a little cup run, just to enjoy. Um, while you know we're doing well in the in the league, it was just a nice little just a little distraction, which you don't want to have too much distraction in. But it was just nice for the early stage of the season, get a few you know legs into players. Like Shawnee Oluko out of nowhere started in this game, which was, you know, was surprising. You know, he was captain and everything. He was he was named player in a match, the official player in a match, which I don't it was know. a weird one, wasn't it? I think they announced that as the sponsors player of the match, and there was a bit of a sort of bemused reaction to it, maybe a bit sentimental. That was the word I was grasping for earlier, by the way, when I was talking about Elkham. Maybe a bit of a sentimental one because he doesn't play very often and he's a bit of a fan's favourite. Yeah. He'd had his name chanted by the Fulham fans. He's an extra he's a an ex Fulham player, of course, which was a nice moment. But then you kind of thought Shawnee man of the match, but then you kind of thought, well, who else is there? And we were kind of all <laughs> racking our brains. There was no one really that yeah. sort of jumped jumped off the page as a man of the match last night, which kind of summed up the uh, the performance. I would say when Ross says about that Man United game, by the way, you can imagine if Ipswich had got through last night mm. and they had gone to Everton, for example, or or wherever. I was going to say Manchester United, but they've gone yeah. out. Um, probably would have been another sort of Mick McCarthy eleven changes scenario where you get thousands of fans going for a big away trip and then maybe feeling a little bit let down and then that can cause you some problems inside the camp because some some of the players I always look back at that game and people like Luke Chambers and Cole Scoos never got the chance to play again in a stadium of that caliber and mm. all little things like that can just upset the the rhythm and the everything that you've worked so hard to kind of get the morale just right I think it would have just everything about having another game at that period would have had the potential to upset things more than it would to kind of breathe any new life into into the season, which which they don't really need at the moment. Mm. And if they the hadn't top. beaten Reading on on penalties, then we would you know we wouldn't have had these last two games anyway. That's you know you can look at it that way as well. Yeah, Ross just fills in on the on the media Tucker. I um I saw it was another chilly last night. AJ tweeted it. It seems to be a a thing for the Carabao Cup. He said it was the spiciest yet. No, it was not spicy at all. I was not a fan oh. of it, to be fair, though. I like chili. I like chili. Yeah. But um, it was just, as me and Stu were talking, I was like, Santa, it's just starting to belt this one. It just feel, it just tastes a bit different. And he went herby, and I went, yes, that's the word. It was too too herby for my taste. Herby? Uh, hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to really explain it. It's just, it was just, yeah, I don't know. Every mouthful was just like, no, this is just not, it just wasn't nice. Sorry, it's just how. <laughs> You know, Saturday from getting a really rave review on the Stroganoff to this chili, I wasn't a fan. Um, Step your game yeah, up. Pretty much, pretty much. But uh, <laughs> It's free food, I shouldn't complain, it's free food, but come on. You know, improve your chili game there, because that was... That listeners was all playing their tiny violins for you right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, there is one kind of major thing I want to talk about, Stu, with you, because uh, on Monday's podcast, you referred to uh, teams maybe starting to feel like they might be figuring town out a little bit and, and playing them in a different way. And I was interested by Silver's comments after the game, as you alluded to earlier, he said, we, we wanted to dominate the game. We wanted to take the ball away from them. Uh, and I saw that Alex wrote in his, in his match report that they were very effective in terms of their discipline and slow build up play and um, making sure there was no, none of these holes that town like to exploit in their blitzkrieg counterattack sort of ways. Do you, do you feel like, and clearly, it was a it was a totally changed town eleven, and they weren't the first team players. But do you feel like if there is going to be a way of neutralising town, that that is kind of the way of doing it? Possibly, but I wouldn't say last night tells us any lessons on on that score. I don't think mm. Fulham outdid Ipswich tactically. I just think they had better players. That, okay, uh, I just thought they they were just better individually and, and collectively last mm. night. I'm not sure it, you could go. It was a really even game, but Silver won the tactical battle and, and found an area to thing. They they were just good. They they popped it switch at times. They kept the ball. Yeah, there were spells where they just recycled possession really mm. well, which which maybe yeah sucked a bit of life out of of Ipswich and the and the crowd. They're not used to sort of chasing shadows like that as long as as long as they were. Um, but the the general point about Ipswich now being 
a quarter of the way into the season that there might have been a bit of a surprise package element mm. about them so far, or certainly maybe not a surprise package because everyone in football knows now what teams are all about. There's so much data and footage available. So I think they knew what Ipswich's principles were, but maybe just underestimated them in terms of being able to replicate them at a level higher and, and uh, a little bit more respect will probably be shown. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of factors coming up on, on the horizon, heavier pitches, mm. injuries, you know, whether we'll talk about sort of the Wes Burns impact, you know, with one or two more key injuries of that stature came, how how would Ipswich cope with that? How are they going to cope with, you know, a couple of bad results? Because, as you said at the very top, it's only four defeats this calendar year, which is <laughs> crazy. And those four yeah. defeats... I've been Oxford in the fog, which was just farcical. You can almost mm. put a major asterisk next to that one. Burnley, who were heading for the Premier League at the time, and Ipswich were a League One club, and they, they took them right to the very death in a replay. Leeds, who've just come down from the Premier League and had a, 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 in that very small window where they had all yeah. of their star they players <laughs> still available, <laughs> yeah. the power-packed Leeds side, and then, a, and then a decent Premier League outfit last night. And that... So... A little bit of context required there in terms of who who they've lost to, but they've become so accustomed to winning. They've been come so accustomed to not losing. It will be interesting to see what the character and the resolve is when that it when some sort of sticky period comes because um, undoubtedly it will do. I'm sure it will do. Mm. Yeah, um, a couple more pictures from last night before we move on. We often talk. Who was it, Stewie? You coined the phrase. I think it was Paul Lambert for an injury. He's got a sore one. Was that Lambo? I think that was Mick. I think that was, oh, was Dean, Mick? Ger- Dean Gherkin always had a sore one. Uh, he's got a sore one. Anyway, uh, PA captured an image of a player actually suffering a sore one last night, which I just wanted to show because it's rare you get such a picture. There is uh, <laughs> Janoy Danassian. This is when the uh, the commentator has to say, oh, it's hit him in the bread basket, don't they? They can never say it's, it's clackered him in the knackers. Um, <laughs> yeah, right in the family jewels there, poor old Janoy. I wondered what had gone on there. I remember they were both sort of chasing a ball towards the corner flag and the Fulham, which Fulham, was that Awobi? Was he on at that? Show me the picture again, sorry. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Chased him down into the corner and then sort of landed on... That's Torre, that one. Torre, yeah, the fullback. He landed right on top of him. And then there was a frantic moment where they were sort of waving for the physio to come on and Genoi just sort of lay there prone for quite a period and then... A few seconds later, he just jumped up and was fine. So he just uh, that, that explains it. Yeah, he got a sore one, mate. We all know that takes a little little while to recover from that sickening feeling. Uh, and then moving away from the football, the real story of last night was this man. Yes, big fab on the pitch with his four belts. Shame, shamefully overlooked on Monday's pod, I must say, Ross, having gone out to Saudi and uh, defended his British title in sensational fashion, added the Commonwealth and European belts to his collection on what turned out to be a, a, a far more entertaining night of boxing than I was expecting, certainly in the main event. Um, great to see Fabio there. And uh, what kind of reception did he get, Rossi? Yeah, decent reception, to be fair. I think it's always hard at half-time because we're 1-0 down, obviously. So, you know, some fans are a bit dis- disappointed. They've gone back, you know, gone in and got some, maybe got another drink or whatever, or got a burger or whatever. Um, but no, he got a good reception. They, they you know, played his um, walk-on music, which Simon is... Simon Says. No, the other one. The other one? He doesn't, he doesn't play Simon Says anymore, does he? I mean, he certainly has done the times I've watched him. What is it now? I don't know. Maybe it was that one. I don't know. He definitely played like a, a song that was really yeah, hyped up and I, it was really good. And he just looks smart, doesn't he, in that suit? He, he does look yeah. good. Um, but no, I think maybe that's why I didn't put it on the notes on Monday. I just thought, no, nah, let, let Heathy talk about it because that's, that's, your, that's, your, that's, your, main, that's your main passion in it. So, um, but no, he got a good reception, spoke a little bit of obviously, you know, yeah. brought up his belts, go, yeah, he's the champ, he's here and all that. Yeah, always good to see Fab. Sky getting behind, by the way, his next fight. They're really pushing the, the Fraser Clark narrative. There's a bit of a pot stir in there. Fraser Clark, Olympic medalist, basically ran from the fight that was meant to happen in the summer. Fab's talking about it happening at Portman Road. We know the club are behind it. There needs to be quite a bit of narrative, though, if it's going to actually be a stadium fight. So it's nice to see Sky getting involved. And also, when we when we chat to him before the fight, of course, Rossi, you mentioned maybe 
getting Ed down to sing him out to the ring. A little bit of a remix of something. He says it'd have to be a bit more aggressive than the normal Ed Sheeran fair. But um, you can't really walk Castle out. Castle on to, the hill. Yeah, you can't walk out to that, can you? Or uh, A-Team or something. Um, or, or Perfect or any of that. Um, that wouldn't really have the, have the fight vibe. But uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping. Keep an eye on this, friends, because it feels like there might be it's kind of a bit of a groundswell of, of, of movement towards that. Fab is going up in the in the world he's becoming more and more of a thing i know last night he had a couple of people with him filming or clad in fabio wardley gear he's becoming more and more of a star uh, and a sky get behind him as well i think we could have we could have potentially a really really big boxing star on our hands with a genuine link to Ipswich town full-on repping Ipswich as well isn't he every oh, yeah. promo you see him doing yeah. he's he's got the shirt on he's got he's got the badge it's not a small badge on his shorts either it's you know you can't miss the fact that he's associated with Ipswich so yeah. just all adds to this quite ridiculous sort of now's our moment narrative around 100%. Ipswich happening on the pitch Ed yeah. Sheeran and now you've got you know, a, a potential heavyweight boxing superstar from from the town as well. Um, yeah, it's yeah, perfect storm. It's all coming together. I enjoyed the way the club had uh, had given him the uh, the third kit to take out to the weigh in. So literally the day after, yeah. it was the day after it was released, he was wearing it with all these millions of people watching around the world. This ridiculous circus of, of Tyson Fury, um, and so many more eyes on on the Ipswich Town kit as a result. Which again is just synergy isn't it it's the way it should be it's, it's a lovely kind of tie up they've got there anyway talking of synergy boys something that's not really synergizing at the moment not really working at st andrews wayne rooney in it he's come in let's be honest it's been a total nonsense reason to get rid of john eustace what was the excuse we want a manager who wants to win games essentially wasn't it like just just admit you want Am- someone famous ambitions not aligned that's sort yeah, of vibe, wasn't it yeah. Absolute nonsense. It should just come out and say, look, John Eustace has done a good job, but our American owners want someone globally known as the manager. It doesn't really matter if he's a good manager. We want someone we can have a name value. And they've got that in Wayne Rooney. He's not started very well, has he, friends? He's lost all three of his games so far. Although, you look at it, I mean, they have played some good sides. Middlesbrough, Hull and Southampton are the other sides they've lost to. How are you feeling about this one, Stewie? Because it, 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 it it's going to have the feeling of a big game because of the Wayne Rooney attachment. We see Birmingham cropping up all over the shop now, don't you? Obviously, you've got the, the takeover and the Tom Brady and all that in the background as well. Um, how are you feeling heading to Birmingham Saturday? Um, looking forward to it. I'd be, yeah. uh, it could go, it's certainly a crowd that can be turned, I think. John mm. Eustace was a, a very popular man as well as manager, I think, at Birmingham, a feeling that he'd, he'd done really well to stabilise them last year, that they were progressing, they were sixth when he was sacked off the back of a 3-1 win against West Brom. Um, but before that, there was a feeling of a kind of a, a big club, uh, you know, sleeping giant, being awoken type vibe, same as Ipswich, really, that a club that probably apathy had gripped. So just looking, this is their 13th season in the championship. And in the last seven, they finished somewhere between 17th and 20th. So that doesn't sound a lot of fun, but new American owners, Tom Brady's involved. They had a decent summer transfer window. They were starting to win a few games. Hmm. This could have been a really hostile place to go to, but there's a feeling that maybe the managerial change has unsettled a few with the defeats. It sounds like the one home game that Rooney's had so far, the whole game you mentioned, um, they got pretty comprehensively outplayed. Um, You said about the reasons for the change of manager. I think another one is we want to play more attractive football and Rooney's Hmm. talking about playing this kind of fearless brand of football. Hull outdid them that night and he sort of said, maybe maybe I haven't got the personnel capable of, of playing the way I want to play. So um don't think they quite know what they're up, what they are and where they're at at the moment. Um might not be a bad time for Ipswich to go there. It's a good time. I mean Rooney was booed off in his first home game. There can't be many times that's happened in <laughs> in managerial debut history. How are you feeling about it, Ross? It feels to me like this is a game that if town can start fast, which they do have a, a tendency to do. I know we've seen these kind of grind it out one nil wins a lot this season, but if they can really count the gates flying and t- get the crowd again on on Rooney's back on Saturday, that 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 would be perfect, wouldn't it? Yeah, really. It's you know, Town have got no pressure going to this game because you know I know they are second, so they've got to keep that momentum, but mm. it's all on Wayne Rooney and Birmingham. Like if you look at Birmingham's team on paper, they've actually got a really good team, and that's why they've got they some were... good players. Yeah. 
yeah, that's why they were fifth in the table when John used yeah. to get the, the sack. And, you know, if you, once again, you've got to give managers time and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's it's a weird one there. Because I think that's what happened with Gary Rowett, weren't it? He got sacked and they brought in Zola. Gianfranco Zola was like another big name. And you just think they just wanted a, a big name and it just didn't work out with Zola. He left, I think, after not that long. Um but no, I'm, I'm confident with this one. Um, sometimes you look at these goals, it could be a banana skin. You know, the, he's lost three games in a row. Surely it can't be four. But do you know what? I'm, I'm being confident. And do you know what? As well, I'm happy we're playing Birmingham at Birmingham because last time we played at Birmingham, we played Coventry twice at San Antonio. <laughs> so it's nice to actually be there when it's actually the, the team that actually plays there. Um, yeah. That was really weird having Coventry fans in the seats of Birmingham and then we had our it was weird but um but no, I'm confident and um yeah another win on the horizon to be up to be honest let's not go too early in the predictions um Stewie what in terms of the town side uh again you've been talking recently about Wes Burns being out injured and them not really finding a way of replacing him today and maybe that kind of shows just how important he is to the side is do you think there is like a not an ideal way but is there a, be- a best way to try and replace him is there anyone you you think going to Birmingham that you would be sticking on that right hand side it's really hard to call out of yeah. Hutchinson and, and Jackson who gets the nod they both both have different qualities Jackson's got his pace he's got more of that high press work rate about him Hutchinson's got a little bit more of that flair that x factor who can do something out of nothing but um as we saw at Southampton he's got the the, the mental strength to kind of um, come back from the the booing and the the uh, the incident where you know he was a judge to have to have dived um, mm. but yanked off the ground and, and you know got really stuck in that game. So I think he's proven that he can he can do it in difficult situation on the road. But has his end product been quite there and of of late? It's probably to be expected a little bit up and down for a eighteen year old. So. Um, yeah, I can't really call who will get that's a difficult spot in the team that um to call. Obviously, uh Jackson started in, in midweek, so does that suggest that, that Hutchinson hmm. um goes again? Uh, I'm not sure. Are there any left field ones that might be plucked out? Do you think I know Kieran McKenna's not really a left field guy, is he? But anyone that um, you could see suddenly well, Marcus Harness can play wide. He's yeah. played he's played on both wings quite a bit in his career. We've obviously seen him primarily as that inside left back up to, to Nathan Broadhead. He's played a bit of that central number 10. Haven't seen loads of him on the right, but at the moment, if you're looking at sort of pure form of those um, support forwards that are just mm. underneath the, the regular starters, he'd, he'd be the one that's put his hand up the most of, of late with some um, important goals and contributions off the bench. So as a left field option, maybe, you can that, you know, alongside Chaplin and... Um, mm. And Broadhead, I don't know. Rossi, any thoughts on that? Anything? I mean, clearly we know that we can probably sit here and recount the entire rest of the team, can't we? It's really only the, the question is going to be who plays on the right the right there. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody else. Oh, you never know if, you know, Burgess did play against um, Fulham. He Burgess made... on the right wing, that's madness. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So, sorry, Cam, but you've definitely not got the pace for that. And definitely... Yeah, well. The big diag. <laughs> Very much so. But um, I don't know. That, you know, George Emerson, of course, came in for the Plymouth game. Obviously, you know, it was because of, you know, maybe Plymouth style of play and Morgan Whitaker and all that. Hmm. But you just never know. Maybe the Birmingham game, he's maybe thinking maybe, but I don't know, it's me just shouting rubbish I think... It's hard to know what, but yeah, I mean that's the that's the probably the only other position in the team that's up for debate whether it's mm. Burgess back in for Ed, Edmondson. Um, it's hard to know what, what striker Birmingham going to start with. If it's Jay Stansfield, you might be thinking Edmondson might be uh, more appropriate. You know, as a young, skillful, pacey player in Jay Stansfield, who we who we know from his time at Exeter, mm. uh, or is it Lukas Jukiewicz who is physical, experienced. Um, he came in for the Southampton game recently when Rooney talked about we might have to adapt our principles and I think they went a little more, bit more direct for the Southampton game and they went with Jukiewicz. So if it was him, you'd go with Cameron Burgess, but it's really hard to know what, what Rooney's going to do for this this home game. Um, I would imagine 
that Stansfield will come back in as a home team that wants to play a certain way and excite the fans for this one. So does that mean that, that Edmondson is the more likely? Um, we shall see. Yeah, Stanfield's a leading scorer with four goals, but from what I've seen, he's been playing in various different positions yeah. so far. So it's, it's hard, as you say, it's hard to predict exactly how to how to serve the horses for courses, as it were, that McKenna likes to do. Yeah, I mean they've got some they've got some some pace and, and skill mm. in that team. Dembele, Ricky Dembele is someone again we know from his League One days with with Peterborough. Um, Oliver Perk, who's come back from to England on loan from. Um, Werder Bremen in Germany um, is a good player out on the right for them. So they they have some some threats. And we talked about Ipswich maybe getting done down the sides a bit too much in midweek. That's uh, an area of this game that they're, they're going to have to get to grips with. Right then, Rossi, shall we do predictions? You are officially top of the table now. We all didn't get anything, did we, at the weekend? Apart from the win, there were no no first goal scorers. No no one got the results dead on. You were, you were close. Stu was close. At two one, wasn't he? Then it looked like you were going to be nailed on for three one, and it ended up three two. So I think it's pretty much as we were in the standings, isn't it? Yeah, I've got twenty points. So that's a nice little, nice little thing. Uh, uh, let me just get the leaderboard up so people will know. Uh, so twenty points for me, seventeen points for Alex, thirteen points for you, Heafy, and Stu with eight points currently. But still early days, boys. Still early days. Right, you go first then, Rossi, because uh, we want I've, to... I've got a little gripe with this, with how this is working out. Yeah. And it's going to sound like sour grapes from the man at the, propping up the rest at the bottom of the leaderboard. I think some tactical players coming in here. You already think, think that the, the leaders are, are yeah. <laughs> There's some parking of the bus going on here. So I, I wrote a piece after the last international break, which was predictions for the next six games. So my really... table, my cards are, my tards are on the table, right? Everyone knows what my prediction is going to be. So the, what game was it? The last one? Plymouth. What was it? Plymouth. Yeah. I had 3-1 down. You know, it's not, it's not the most usual scoreline to predict. 3-1 I had down. In, into the group chat, what's everyone else predicting? Ross, 3-1. Alex, 3-1. Oh, great. This is a fun little game, isn't it? We'll just do that every week, shall we? So I had to change mine to, uh, I had to adapt it to something else. So I was oh, little it's getting spicy. was quite pleased when that, that Plymouth second goal went in. It, didn't, it denied the young guns looking all smug. Yeah. Not yeah. playing in the spirit of the game. No, uh, exactly. In, in that, in that, on that note, then Rossi, you you go first with your prediction as the leader, Rostradamus of old. I've just got to saying? Google something quickly. <laughs> I'll, Stuart, Stuart, what Ooh, I'll, I'll pretend I haven't looked. <laughs> I know. Um, I think another clean sheet is in the bag for this one. I'm going to go two nil town. Interesting. I was going to say two nil. Isn't Stu's prediction? Is it? <laughs> I don't know what mine is. I'm just looking it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 2 0. I'll, I'll have to think of my first goal scorer just um... just wait till she says, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a feeling of 2 0, but if you're going 2 0, I'll say 1 0, which obviously is the, the result that has been yeah. the one that's been uh, been working for him away from home. And I'd like to say, I think Connor Chaplin will be the first goal scorer in this one. The first and only goal scorer, if, if my uh, my tip comes off. So I'm saying one nil Chaplin. Rossi, you're saying two nil who? The town. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Back in the day, I know I hate going back in the day, but when we used to play Birmingham, Christoph Berra used to always score at St Andrews. It used to be like you know a header from a corner, obviously. So I want to go for a defender, but now I'm a bit worried. I don't know, like as I said about the early conversation with Emerson and Burgess, like what if? One of them doesn't. If I say Burgess and he doesn't start, it's like ah bollocks. So I want to go Wolfie. I'm going to go for Wolfie. Wolfie See what he's first. doing. See what he's doing, Stu. You're playing mind go. games with the lad now, Ross. Yeah. You're forcing him to make these big calls he doesn't want to make. He's yeah. gone for a defender. What's he doing, the lad? Yeah. Um, Stewie, what are you what are you saying? Uh, I have just looked up my prediction. Not that happy with it. Looking back at it, this was when Rooney had just been appointed. Okay. And uh, I didn't know they were going to lose their first three games. I've got it down as a draw. I've got it down as one-one, and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Because I think, I think this is a bit tougher than people are expecting. We've talked about how it could turn it their way. There is, there is the potential for for the crowd to to get lifted as well, and it for be a, a challenging afternoon. And and we can park Wednesday night 
quite quite readily because of the changes. But the two games since the last international break, Bristol City and Plymouth, mm. they haven't been at their best. Ipswich, they haven't found that same rhythm since since the restart. So um, I'll put this down as a draw, and um, that wouldn't be a disaster. You know, we're, we're getting quite blasé about wins on the road, but any point on on the road if you can keep winning at home is is a formula for success. I've got a mm. nice little foundation in place. Um, that would be okay. Who's, who's going to be the scorer then, Stewie? Uh, I'm going to play a little bit more safer and I will say George Hurst. Cool. George Hurst. Just got a message from AJ. He's, he's predicting 1 1 George Hurst, Stu. Fancy that? <laughs> 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 so we've got uh, we've got 1 1 George Hurst. We've got 2 0. Who did you say was? Wolfie. Christoph Berra. Uh, Wolfie. <laughs> um, and I'm saying 1 0. Connor Chaplin. As you say, Stu, though, you look at, yes, obviously the headline figures, they've lost all three of their games so far under Rooney, but Middlesbrough, Hull, Southampton, they're all decent sides. It's not like they've been getting beaten by Rotherham or Sheffield Wednesday, those sort of sides. So, as you say, maybe a, maybe a tougher game than, than folks are expecting on paper. Hmm. Um, friends, before we, before we wrap up today, any any other any other business? What have you been up to? Have you watched the, um, see what I've been enjoying, I watched the first one off last night, or indeed the night before, I think it was, was the David Beckham documentary on Netflix. Good. good bit of good bit of nostalgia for someone who was at their peak. I would say in that nineties period, my my peak as a person, <laughs> my the halcyon days, my my teenage years. There was all that going on. And uh, how many very... how many Bex haircuts did you have? I didn't have any Bex haircuts, mate, because my hair was frankly well, it was embarrassing when I look back. I was shaven headed. I had all sorts of lines shaved well, in it. I suppose to be fair, we did have a shaved head, isn't it? Did, did for a he, he did the lines in the eyebrows. He, I did it he? first. Sure mate. Did. I did it okay. first. All right. Yeah, but he definitely did it. Um, but watching that is a one is a wonderful kind of feel of nostalgia to it, Stu. That probably uh, people of our age, and I know you're a bit younger than me, get from watching a program like that, as well as the interest of the the whole story of it as well. I've only seen the clip of him, him poking his head around the door and calling yeah. out Victoria for claiming that she had some sort of working class upbringing. Yeah, that was great. Enjoyed that. Yeah. She says, uh, my parents are working class. And, he, and he, he literally appears and goes, tell them what car your dad drove you to school in. And there's this kind of back and forth. And he goes, tell them, be honest. And she went, yeah, my dad drove a Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Have you been watching anything good on TV? I know people like TV recommendations from us. Um, no, I don't think I've watched a lot recently. I think Sorry, I, said I haven't that, got much to that bring. Small Light you recommended was superb on Disney Plus. Very different tone to the Beckham documentary, but um, yeah, Rossi, anything, anything you've been uh, guilty pleasuring, as it were? <laughs> Sounds a bit odd. Ooh, yes, yeah. uh, I have. Yeah, I've watched David Beckham um, documentary. Really, yeah, really recommend that. He's, you know, he's handsome man, isn't he though? David Beckham, he's a handsome man. I have to admit, he's a handsome man. Um, I've been watching actually, and this is a bit, it's a bit old actually. It's back in 2018. I think Stu, you watched it back in the day. Maybe you watched it, Heathy. You know, the haunting of Hill House. Hill House. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. I hate yeah. that stuff. I can't watch that. Yeah, yeah but I, um, I don't know why. Me and my missus just were like, because it's it was Halloween on Tuesday. We thought, let's watch something scary. Let's watch a series, maybe. And we like, we heard this was scary, and we've been watching it. And um, yeah, it's been interesting. I am, I am, yeah, a massive wuss when it comes to those sort of things. I don't mind. I like slasher movies, scary movies, Scream, whatever. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Watch it all day. Anything with the kind of supernatural, ghosty element to it, I'm shitting bricks. Woman in Black went to see that at the cinema. I was like this the whole time because uh, what I hate about it is you know something's going to happen, and I really don't like that feeling of not knowing when the scare's coming, and that, therefore it kind of amplifies it, doesn't it? And there are, the haunting of Hill House is one of those things where stuff happens that makes you leap out of your seat and and swear, um, which I I personally don't enjoy. But I can see if you're that sort of person, that's exactly right up your street. Um, I also I also had a bit of a life hack at the weekend, boys. I'm just going to share this as well because we're in the sharing part of the show. Out for a fancy dinner, night out in Cambridge. Realised that neither myself nor my wife had bought deodorant. Thought, what are we going to do? There was no deodorant on offer in the hotel. We can't go to a posh restaurant stinking, even though clearly we had a shower pre meal. Um, my wife, ever resourceful wife, Googled it. Ideal replacement if you haven't got deodorant, hand sanitizer. And really? Like, what? Obviously, yeah, Slap seriously. Some of that under your arm. Whack it under there, like because you get it every time you go on a plane or anywhere, don't you? Now, so my wife has got about 13 little things of it in her handbag. 
So he whacked that on, stung a bit, alcohol. Absolutely did the job though, mate. Absolutely perfect. Could have, could have, I could have still been wearing it 48 hours later, I reckon. So there we go, friends. If you ever, nice. if you ever, if you ever trapped without deodorant and you've got some hand sanitizer, who hasn't? Yeah. Stick that under the old armpits and you will be smell free. I've got a life hack that I saw on the internet. Do you want me What's to that? do it? I'm going to do a live demonstration. I'll oh, let no. you see if Ross has got one to fill some time. I'm going to go and get something from the kitchen. Hold on. Oh, this is exciting, isn't it? What is he going to do? Stuart Watson with a life hack. What do you reckon it could be, Rossi? Is he going to show us how to peel a hard-boiled egg? <laughs> using? Do you know what a fun thing? I don't know if Stu's not here. My, my missus, Sasha, she always says, um, if she sees a picture of Stu, she goes, Eggy, it's Eggy. <laughs> it's probably best that what's yeah. not there for that, and he will no, never, he will never hear because he'll never listen to it. So, that's you. Oh, you're back. back. Superb. Did you do some awkward filling? Absolutely, we did. Yeah, I would. Yeah, right. I was today years old, and I saw yeah. this on the internet. You know when you take your lid off your pan, yeah, and you, it's boiling over or whatever, and you think, where do I put this? You got no space for it or whatever. You probably know this. Just clips wow. into the handle there. Go and that's find a little pan that you've got like this. That's what the lid and take it off when it's boiling over or whatever. Yeah. Just clips into the handle there. Look at that. That's what it's made 45 for. degree angle. Wow. Absolutely dazzling. Good Matt, old friends. Audio listeners is why you need to subscribe. <laughs> You'll never see otherwise the, the genius of that life hack. So we're giving you what to do with your your uh, your saucepan lids. And what to do if you're, you're caught short without deodorant, as well as, obviously, 55 minutes of solid entertainment. Also, another inside. one for you. Oh. Cling, cling film. Roll oh, a cling no. film. I don't like you know, cling film. At the end of the boxes, you push the little tabs in. Yeah. It keeps, it keeps the roll in place, stop it sort of spinning, keeps it in the box so it kind of spins around on the tab. Watson is on fire. I'm going to go and try both of these things as soon as we stop talking. Any, anything else, Stewie? I, I said no. I've, I've got you into a rich vein of form now. Um, I'll... Not for today. <laughs> Not for today. Okay, well, hopefully next week she'll be bringing you more life hacks as well as Red Hot Football Insight on Monday's pod post-Birmingham. Um, all that leads me to say then is the usual reminder to support our sponsors. We're both actually branded up today. Um, I'm wearing the KOA kit, but Stu has got the Ginger Pickle outfit on. Support our sponsor, Ginger Pickle. If you need help with your, your SEO, your Google ranking, your digital advertising, all that kind of stuff. Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle, as, I, as you mentioned on Monday's pod, Rossi. Another member of Team Ginger Pickle just joined. So that's becoming something of an empire. And if you want to get involved, Google Ginger Pickle and get involved with all their excellent stuff. And also use the code KOA, obviously coming up to Christmas. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all their excellent stuff, including <laughs> intimate shavers. Watson's now putting the saucepan on his head, which is really throwing me off. <laughs> it's almost as if that was meant to be as well, Watson. Another life hack. If, if you're out in the rain, and you haven't got a hat, but you have a saucepan. That's what you do with it. Hailstorms. Hailstorms. <clears throat> Hailstorms, exactly. Mm. Top top protection. Friends, slightly shambolic outro to the pod today. Blame Watson for that. He's, he's got all carried away with those life hacks. Uh, also, remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can. That helps lift our visibility in the charts. We haven't had one of those for a while. And also hit subscribe to make sure you get everything that we do straight into your feed. It is Birmingham City away this weekend, friends. Um, whatever you're doing, if you're going to the game, enjoy it the boys will all be there and we'll be back next week to break it all down so until we next speak have a great weekend and we'll speak to you next time